0: What on earth is going on here? Christmas is cancelled.
1: Meet the Kennedys at Lasseter's hole at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's Nursery for a stroll. It's time to Neighbours. CJ, Kate and Bea. Let's get the Neighbours.
2: Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we are a podcast that has a yarn about the goings-on on Ramsey Street. We are connecting via the PirateNet Studios, the mobile PirateNet Studios from, i have come into Toadie's old work, the um, inner city soul-sucking lawyer's zombie office, to use their internet. And I've connected via Ned's Hive podcast password through the back of Harold's. That's the setup. I'm Vaya. It's just a great time to be back. We had a little break, but we're back. And I have with us Catherine Jones, AKA CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Hello.
0: Hello. Hello, everyone. It's good to have um, a few of us live with us tonight.
2: Yes, we're live streaming. Kate is
3: here, Remute, on Twitter. Hello, Kate. Hi, everybody. And I have to say, very well timed break that we had.
2: For you personally or for neighbours? For all of
3: us, I think.
2: (laughs) We missed some crabs, but we'll talk about that briefly. And, oh, return beloved guest who was the orderly at Camilla and Marco's deathbed wedding, it's Mr Hunter Smith.
1: Hello. Hey, hello. Give myself a clap. How are you? Thanks for having me back. You know, it's like to drop in every, you know, what, 12 months and find out what's going on down in dining out on my uh, orderly story 15 years later.
2: Well, it's <laughs> actually kind of relevant because we're not quite at deathbed wedding status yet, but we have dire cancer diagnosis and engagement,
1: so you never know. Oh, it's well, I better keep my phone on. <laughs> Probably give me a call.
2: Now, we have come together. For various reasons. Shall we just jump in? Neighbours, council, business? Sweetie, it's just business. We have come together at this time. Hunter's also a celebrant, so you could... It sounded like I was about to call everyone for vows. But it's happened. The UK and Australian broadcasts, their periods are in sync and we are all together. So... The
1: periods are in sync?
3: Yeah. They were
1: a were sisters. Yeah, they were we- a
2: few
3: weeks behind. We have been apart since the start of the pandemic. Isn't that ridiculous? That was like about 10 years ago, wasn't it? As yeah, if there yeah. wasn't enough
2: trauma in our lives that we had to, the UK had to be delayed so we couldn't talk to our friends on the
3: internet in real time. But, Hunter, oh. guess what? This is about the only oh. time we're going to be in sync because as of the first week of Neighbours next year, Australia is staying at four episodes a week and the UK is going to five episodes a week. So for the first time in history. we're get a hoon ahead. hmm We're going to be behind. I don't, I, don't,
2: I don't understand the chimpanzees that are in charge of pressing the buttons at these networks. Like I thought that the four episodes Some a week. Some of
1: us are broadcasting from those networks as we speak, but keep your voice down. So <laughs> well, who's you, around
2: here? Can you go find
0: here, out? the
1: home of the Paramount Plus Empire. I
0: don't know. <laughs> I don't think Peach has a flaw. Like, (laughs) is Peach running out of a home office, like my home office? I feel like that's where Peach is.
2: (laughs) Can you, yeah, can you go find the cupboard, the stationary cupboard, and see if someone's in there running 10 Peach and ask them, can they go back up to five episodes? I can just flick
3: flick the switch that pops it on instead of an episode of Friends. You know what? No one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, forget everyone loves Raymond. Have they given a reason for why? Sorry if I'm going over old ground, but have they given a reason why um, they're only going four days?
2: They went four days, we thought, to catch up, to let England catch up. Then they did. Hooray, hallelujah, no spoilers. And then suddenly the actors were telling us from the set that their scripts started saying the dates and Australia started falling behind and Peach is like, yeah, yeah, no, that's right.
1: Bizarre. In Scotland
2: and Wales and Northern Ireland. Sorry, Rachel. I always get, can I just be, uh, full disclosure, I forget, this is horrible, Thing. I forget which gonna,
1: people are going to hate this I can tell you already.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I forget which of the islands is in the UK and I get scared and I don't want to offend but people just, so just then say, I just say just England say the
3: UK. I do but I like to I Also like... shout out to our Belgian uh, <laughs> navy fans as well. Uh, yes okay, and that's so why I just want to say that. in America. <laughs> I may as well have just said I forget
2: that Tasmania is attached. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. not attached. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's your first problem, babe. <laughs> Let's There's go right a, back to the start. Shout out to that's King Island. A great,
2: <laughs> that's a great um, segue into me being a hot mess because uh, it's just been a month or two of long story short, like Mum's just had surgery and everything. She's fine, she's great, but it meant I had no childcare and I had to start baby Dr. Carl in daycare, and it was just two months of. Nuttiness. Chaos. But we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. Okay. This is <laughs> we're all it's all happening. So thank you for bearing with us. We had a little impromptu hiatus. We're gonna recap a couple of things that happened in that hiatus. Uh Patreon is on pause, so I'm not charging people for no content. And it'll stay on pause through the summer break. Cause Kate Neighbors is continuing to have a break at yes. Christmas.
3: But I think it's back, is it the first week of January? But I think it's a long break. Oh yeah. Remember when ones. like when we were younger? It used to be like till about Australia Day or something like that. Yeah, it used right, to come yes. back
0: when Home and Away did after the tennis.
3: Or oh, <laughs> thank you, Olivia points out that it's actually January 3rd. Yeah, yeah. okay. So not much of one, but we'll, so they're not even we'll we'll getting
0: the public holiday after <laughs> <the> years.
2: <laughs> so Facebook group, Neighbor's Council. Uh, I'm going to put up some rules of conduct, which we haven't had in like five years of having this Facebook group. So now instead of doing a do you listen to podcasts, I'm just going to put when people join, are you okay with these rules? Come on in. FYI, if you see that being different. So go and join us for chats in the Neighbours Council because some of our best pandemic mates <laughs> have come out of that Facebook group uh, and ah, the best thing I have to say for business is... Catherine Jones, CJ, the hot mess mom. I feel like I'm in the presence of a celebrity. What happened over at your house, CJ, recently?
0: I thought I was about to announce that I was having a child, but I'm not. Um, I did do a test and it did come up positive, but it was not a child pregnancy test. It was the COVID tests.
2: Um, CJ got got
0: COVID! Yeah, (laughs) and I did get it the week that celebrities started to get it, so that does make me feel part of that. Mm. So yeah, my son got COVID at preschool and he bought it home and shared it with us. Um, it looked for a few days like my husband was a cold hearted person because he didn't get it until like seven days into it.
2: So it looked like and, you know. And he was claiming that his vaccine was stronger than yours. Yeah, so he
0: had the <laughs> yeah, he had the A Z and he was, you know, talking about how he had an Oxford created Aussie made vaccine and I had American trash. Um <laughs> Yeah, and it was, you know, look, as said, I'm vaccinated, so I am really lucky that it was a milder version of what I would have had and I can say for sure that I would have been in hospital if not because I wasn't very well. And, you know, I think there's new little weird post-symptoms happening. Like now I have like a tooth problem that's to do with it, but I th- I'm almost I there. I'm almost it's They're there. linked. I didn't know they were linked. Well, I mean, they don't say for sure, but basically like covid <laughs> So there was a small crack in a tooth and and my dentist was like, this is probably just where COVID went to you on you. Like it's just <sighs> gone in to that tooth. But anyway, but I'm almost That's
1: there. Crazy. I'm almost there. So do you, do you mean, um, CJ, that you were really sick when you got it, like in the last couple of weeks? Yeah,
0: so I had yeah, right. like an immune response. So kind of like the response we all get when we have the vaccine where we have a bit of a temperature and all mm. of that. So what I didn't get was the unvaccinated response of, the massive chest problem and ventilating and breathing problem. That being said, though, like I had to walk up a staircase yesterday, and I haven't worn my Apple Watch in two weeks, and I walked up a staircase, and my heart rate was one hundred and fifty just just for that staircase. Oh, wow!
1: Really? Yeah, your Apple Watch it blew up. Yeah,
2: it did. It was like, go oh, girl!
0: I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: they,
2: they need to do a COVID setting. On the Apple Watch? So that So it goes, oh, okay, I gotcha, and just do an adjustment for you. Yeah. So it's going
0: to take a while to get, and I've been, like, doing walks around the block to build up my lung capacity because it's not great, but I haven't been on a ventilator and I haven't mm. been coughing very badly. Yeah. But just it's a shit of a virus. I don't know yeah. if anyone's heard that, but it's no yeah. good.
2: <laughs> and a lot of our um, chat friends are saying that you're like an honorary Brit now because yeah. it ripped through them and – yeah, so take your time. It's it's everywhere now. So we just got to keep
3: getting boosted and all yeah. that jazz. It, it, Kate's yeah. been boosted. I was boosted on Friday. I'm in mean, the the first two and a half percent of Australians to get the third jab. Um, awesome. Yeah, go Congrats. go get it, guys. And I will say that our listeners
0: were a lot of my. You know, they slid into my DMs. Now, when I say slid into my DMs, they're already people I chat with, but yeah. they sent me really lovely messages and they were heartwarming and they were from people who have been in these trenches. So it was mm. it was quite nice.
2: Yeah. What did Sheila call it? Slipped into my DMs. Yeah. I slipped into yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh so that's the business.
1: So you're doing business with you.
2: Should also say, Glad you're doing well, CJ. And um
1: Yes, here here.
2: I think Kate and I were in our respective corners just going, oh, man, I'm glad it's not me. <laughs> we were sort of like you were paving the path and we were like,
3: hopefully I don't have to walk that path, but I'm glad CJ's is forging on, it. On CJ's sickest night when you had, like, the bad fever, you were saying that you wanted a frozen Coke. So I was like, next day, got you frozen Cokes. Yeah. Oh, that's mm. sweet. And I must say, Neighbours Girls
0: were definitely my highest rotation delivery service.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I had... You're the closest I've been to a COVID case because we were having distance chat from your veranda from to my car. Yeah, before I was
0: positive, guys. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Okay. Oh God, that, that's exciting enough. But we need to talk about a couple of things. We're going to hit on before we hit on finale week. Is in our absence, we left off our discussions just as Mackenzie and Hendricks were about to take it to the bedroom and do the deed for the first time as a couple and just to tie off that loose end they had a great time in the sack well done mckendricks to the point where the next day Toadie's come home from colac and shirtless hendricks is ferreting around in the fridge for the chocolate sauce and toddy's <gasps> like oh hi hendricks oh you making sundays can i join in <laughs> no well, they're, no toddy no they're spicing up their sex life pretty quickly Amazing, this is just the young people of today. They're,
3: they're sex positive, but, uh, owning their desires. Imagine getting out Nelly Fisher's bloody Cotties chocolate topping. Like, that's mm.
1: <laughs> no Cotties is no good. You need something you'd, from experience, you need something to be more constitution. <laughs> Cotties I- will sli- slide off you like bird poop. You know,
2: are you going to suggest ice magic? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, ice magic. Yeah, there we go. With a to hard be quite that'd be The opposite, yeah. Dooley, dooley, ice <laughs> magic, yeah.
2: So, anyway, they're having a great time. And the next day, Mackenzie has this like side part now. It's like sex has transformed her into like into this, a teenager. Like, fem, femme fatale. She's got
3: this just new hairstyle. And I love that. Do you think she so just that,
2: liked the way her sex hair was
0: and was like, oh, I'll just keep it yeah, this way? Yeah.
3: But Toddy, of course, went and told Coos that the two teenagers were having sex and they decided to have an intervention to say, good for you two. And that led to this <coughs> awesome scene between the coos, Toad and um, McKendricks. Yeah. And don't worry about disturbing us, the man cave is soundproof. Just
1: leave a hanky on the door. come oh, I on. I need to show you this out here. Oh,
3: I think I'm going to die.
1: My
0: soul's already left my body.
2: So... It was glorious. They're now sexually active to the point where they had to go camping because like everyone was home all the time. And bloody Harlow, I was about to call her a slur, (laughs) sassy pants Harlow, who we'll get to, wouldn't comp them a room at Lasseter's. They're like, oh, do you have any discounted rooms? We can't get any alone time. She's like, nah. Anyway, I'm going to give a free room to this person for my Underhanded plants. Yeah, but
1: that's fair enough. Lassiter's is too classy to be renting by the hour, Vaya. No, I mean, it's oh, at least Hunter. three stars it's not now. The pack in a, it's, not, it's not the pack in a Motel where I spent my youth. <laughs> Hunter Smith, <laughs> let me talk to you
2: about Lassiter's. So, recently, obviously, there's a polyamorous relationship. We'll talk about them obviously. shortly. And what happened is there was a humorous a ceramic pig plot involving one of them contracting crabs from a fourth, they've invited a fourth, and the fourth brought crabs into the bedroom and then it spread amongst them and then we were led to believe it had spread amongst all of Erinsborough and Carl had to put flyers up around the precinct. Including, like, oh, including
3: oh, Sheila. Really? Sheila had an at, itch. Well,
1: once it gets into your bed sheets, you're in real strife. Well, yeah. There were every- I once contracted um, uh, cra- crabs um, because <laughs> my mum my mum spotted a nice set of flannelette sheets down at the Selvos. Oh, say <laughs> so, oh. so, it's true. Don't victim blame. It happened to me. I was only a child. It was very embarrassing. It was very embarrassing.
3: Well, I was going to say apparently, <laughs> apparently, crabs is on its way out. Like it's pretty retro. STI yes. because if yes. if you look it up, one way to get rid of crabs is is not with a lotion. It's actually just to remove your pubes. Oh, yeah. Like oh. um, when oh, kids God, get of knits. course. Yeah, when kids um, get nits. Maybe question with the thruple. Surely at least at least two of the three would not have anything downstairs. Like,
1: yeah. like it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, what are they hanging on to? They need some purchase. Have
3: they, has he got, like, Ned got crabs of the leg hair or something?
1: <laughs> well, they that can happen, actually.
0: It wow. must be Ned. He's the only one with anything
2: left there, I'd say. Maybe they got lasered off. Maybe when he got his tattoos lasered off. But the thing is, so everyone was calling it the downstairs itch, to sanitise it for soap. and. Then it came out, Teresa's like, guys, it's fine. It's not crabs. The hotel's just got bed bugs. That's worse. It's worse. Yeah.
1: That's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I've had bed bugs and scabies. And let me tell you, it's all in the same, it's all in the same realm. It's the
2: same genre.
1: Yeah, scabies are worse though because they burrow. Oh. <laughs> I got scabies in London. Big shout out to the UK, actually. They're riddled with all those ones. Bed bugs too.
0: Um, So and what Teresa said was that it was contained to a couple of beds and just didn't spread. And they just got new mattresses. Yeah, Yeah.
3: they got new
2: mattresses.
3: I blame this all on sloppy laundress Harlow. I reckon she's washing all the sheets in like a cold domestic machine. Like she needs to be boiling them in the commercial. And she's an eco warrior.
1: You do need to do a boil wash. Mm. You got that right, Kate. Actually, I remember that.
3: Um, she's not washing them at all. Oh well, but that is that is why Lassiter's is down to three stars, surely. Like you'd go in there, you'd be like, oh, why why is there pubes in my bed, my freshly made bed? Oof, why oh, are they goodness. why are they crawling with crabs? But someone can speak to the glorious uh,
2: short guest hint we had from Joel Creasy reprising his role as Mick, aka Michelle, a um hot mess hotel front desk manager, who um debuted at the summer soiree function put on by the Flamingo Bar as what character? As what? A crab. Oh. Complete with crab dancing. Did you see Joel was in the,
0: I know we're going to have a whole segment for the preview for next year, but Joel's in the preview. Looks like he's involved in the death wedding. So he's the hunter. (gasps) Mm.
1: God, not the first job I've lost to Joel Creasy, CJ. Let me tell you that for nothing.
2: (laughs) So... Okay, we've covered off most of the hiatus stuff that I wanted to get to. The bigger ticket items we're going to save for the main chat, obviously. Uh, The other final point I wanted to mention from our hiatus is the storyline that touched me the most that was just beautifully handled and it was young Nellie Fish was helping out beautiful Mel, an old throwback character who's come back and she's now Toadie's missus. She's
3: now our Melanie.
2: Our Mel, we love Mel. We love Melody, sweet Melody. Except for Toadie's always questioning Mel's.
3: Mm. He he white answer her on,
2: on her ability range as well. Yeah. And it just does not give her any kind of agency to be part of that family dynamic or parenting team. And Nelly was teaming up with Mel and helping her at her psychic stall at the summer soiree. It was very adorable. They were both in little tie-dyed caftani numbers. And then people were asking her for advice of people beyond the grave and talking to their loved ones. Yeah, it turns then nearly... out that
3: um, Dahl died a horrible death. Yeah, the Galar, Susan Carl's Galar. Well, I remember
1: Dahl. What happened to him?
3: Uh, he flew over the fence oh, uh, into, doing a doll. into Mrs. Punt's sister's house, Patty Newton's house on the corner, and then was butchered by a dog and then Carl buried Dahl under what is now his greenhouse and it was kept a secret for a very long oh. time. So, yeah, and, awful yeah. end to a pet. And from the greenhouse to the doghouse because then Susan was dark on Carl for not
2: telling her. It was great. Oh, yes, and Olivia in chat reminded us Susan was dressed as a sunscreen. <laughs> oh yeah, was, She was yelling at Carl. It was all puns, wasn't it, the, the costumes? Well, uh, Kyle and Roxy were shrimp and Barbie, which is adorable, shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> um, I didn't know what the sunscreen pun was. I can't remember what Carl was wearing. It was just the most nonsensical. Imagine Jackie Woodburn in a big, like, styrofoam, um, not tube. styrofoam, polyester, whatever. Poly- A big sunscreen. tube. Yeah. Oh, But I digress. The takeaway from that whole scene was that little Nelly looked into Mel's crystal ball and says, I want to talk to mummy. And then that opens this whole can of worms about talking to dead people and Nell got really in- attached to the crystal ball and that whole concept to the point where she wouldn't change out of the smelly caftan. Which and- has got to be one of Sonia's old ones. Sonia loved the caftan. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. And it culminated in Mel having to then sit – well, Mel – Toady was trying everything to get little Nellie to calm down about the crystal ball and then they smashed it and then she was traumatised. And then finally he let Mel sit down with Nell and talk to her heart to heart and say, people that we love are always with us. They're in our hearts. We can talk to them anytime we want. And there were tears around Australia at my house. I'll tell you that for free.
3: Well, it was very, it was lovely. It was a nice, really sensitive way to approach Nell on this issue and she admitted that she didn't think it was real but she wanted it to be real. Yeah, But she
0: makes a really fine point because Toady is really anti-talking to the crystal ball, as Vaya said, he smashes it. But she said, why can we talk to mum in a tree but not in a ball?
2: Like, <laughs> that was the best. You got yeah. owned, Toadie. Yeah. Like send Nellie to law school. Yeah. She got you on her technicality. She could probably get people off uh, of murder, which he can never
0: do. I'm
2: surprised she didn't also say why can Auntie Sheila talk to talk to Gary in a, as a pigeon? <laughs> so delightful! That reminded me, crystal ball, ceramic crystal ball is our Facebook group where people can talk about spoilers in a Neighbours style. You want to join that? Now the week commencing the sixth of December, 2021, finale week. By the way, side note. I watched the last three and a half weeks worth of episodes in the last three days. <laughs> and, I'm sta- and I'm standing here before you. So I'm just I'm proud of that achievement. Are you um, going to take like a Harlow turn for the worse now? Uh, oh, I will say this now because I'll forget later. I underestimated the writing team because I thought they had just decided to write her differently because they were bored of her being a goody-goody. No, they had a greater purpose. So I take back my low expectations of them and I hand it to them. I, I got to hand it to them.
0: I feel like it was about the time when that police officer joined us in the rotunda when you were like, <laughs> you know, guys, you've just given her a new personality. What's with this
2: months yes. ago? And you know what, we know now, don't we? I can't wait to get into that. But first I'm going to start with Monday because we've just come off the back of the police officer's ball on location, Kate, where were we for this?
3: We were out at Leo's Winery.
2: With an H, I spell that in my head. Winery, W H I N E R
3: Y. It's an odd choice. It's clearly out of town. Yeah, but it's, it's, I wouldn't have called that soiree a ball myself. It was more Agreed, kind cause of a cocktail. Especially like they were a, all sort of. A cocktail party at the bar. Yeah. At a wine. It, yeah. it was a
0: cocktail stand up. It was standing up. Like they they didn't sit down or dance, really. Oh, no, there was a dance.
2: (laughs) How could I forget? Also the ball gowns, Mm. there was a whole storyline where they picked up the wrong ball gown or they thought there was a mix-up and they accidentally, because Carl and Kyle had ordered this slinky yellow off-the-shoulder dress, each for Susan and Roxy. Mm. And obviously Mm. Susan didn't end up going, but, God, I would have paid money to see Susan in that yellow frock. But I didn't think it was a ball gown. It was
3: just like a cocktail number. Mm. Okay. Policeman's ball. I thought that was basically just a punchline to a joke or kind of a, you know, a euphemism for police corruption. You know, like, oh, here you get he's, you know, pay $50 to the policeman's ball and um, yeah, you'll get out of this trouble. Like, oh, why were there just normal civilians turning up at this?
1: Police simps. I think it might be something at Mardi Gras as well. They have a party called the Policeman's Ball. I'm thinking of the Secret Policeman's Ball.
2: (laughs) That
0: sounds way better. I'm
1: researching researching as we go live. Oh, it's from the UK. Okay, stand by. I don't know what to talk
2: about. I also want to know, was Lasseter's hosting it remotely? Like I know that Leo wants to do functions because he runs the winery slash distillery, but is he outsourcing the function
3: management to the Lasseter's team? Well, Lasseter's were too busy to have the ball, and so that's why he had it, and then Paul later goes on to sign them up for another three years of the policeman's ball.
2: Yeah, I want to know why, though. Why were Paul, Terage, and Harlow, all that mob, why were they there? Well, it was, I guess, supporting Leo,
3: weren't they? Yeah,
0: it was mentioned that they've had the ball at Lasseter's previously and that they were just too busy this time, I guess. So I guess they had... I don't know, a vibe of wanting to, like, satisfy the clientele as well. And
3: I guess the bed bug infestation probably didn't help them in that And area. And Paul's the uh, not-so-silent partner in the winery now as well.
1: Let me say something about Paul. That man is 100 years old and he is still looking fine as hell, mm-hmm. don't you reckon? Mm-hmm. Lou Carpenter could never. Like, he's <laughs> aged but he looks tremendous still. How old would he be? Well,
3: he's not puce like Lou. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, true, true,
2: true, true. But well, you know, CJ will man. attest to that.
3: Yeah. What do you reckon? He was born in, say, the mid '60s.
1: Do you reckon? Are there people with
2: older? I think
1: people.
3: There's people with Google that are watching this stream that will
1: tell us. But- 63, 58. He was born.
2: Okay. He was born in 58. My oh, mum wow. was born in 59. He is younger than.
1: Oh, wow, that's fascinating. But
2: <laughs> sorry, edit that one
1: out. All our, Alex. Mums, all our mums were born around there. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> but he's Paul's younger got-
0: than my parents, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> who has like an adult Donna, Madonna. Madonna was also
1: 59. He was born in somewhere called Tawonga, which I've never heard of. Oh, I've heard
3: Is it of near, Yara- near Yarrawonga or? It well, uh, might
1: be. It's in the seat of Indai. Oh, I guess I've that.
2: Anyway. It, hmm. um, people in the chat, yes, I have heard of police balls for charity. Like, it is, I have heard of this. I just didn't, I've never heard of anyone going to one. I'm, I think I'm surprised that's the thing here.
3: civilians would go to it. Oh, you know who wouldn't have gone to it if she was still around? B. Be with her giant A-cab tat on her body. <laughs> nah, no way.
2: It, I thought it was a lovely location, like, for the event. Uh, it was beautiful. Everyone looked gorgeous. The costumes lately have been next level. The soiree the other week, eight plus, and everyone was styled impeccably. Amy with the red number and Roxy, the yellow, and all the men looked nice and Terrage obviously looked glam. So... The, the central point of that ball is that the the thruple, we call them the thruple even though Amy will remind us they're not a thruple. They are a polyamorous trio, but that oh. is a lot of syllables.
3: Every time we talk about them, I just like have a micro sleep. I'm just I'm become so dull. not interested in this storyline. It's
2: Hunter, it's been a while between Neighbours episodes for you. How do you feel jumping on board at polyamorous times?
1: Well, it feels very timely for me, but I must agree with Kate, it does make me do a micro-sleep too, and I have some thruple friends and I feel like that in real life too. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's true like think, to life. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, it's true to life for me. But it has been so long since I've tapped in that this is, I was just excited to get back across Amy. You know, it's been a long, like yeah. that, that was, you know, her first time around with Lance, that was peak neighbours time. Yeah. That was in my life. Um. But I really thought that she was. She's giving Steph Scully this time around. Don't you think she has a Steph Scully vibe to her?
3: I'm getting that vibe too. In one mm.
1: aspect, she sounds like her a bit.
0: Oh, she's had some durrries, you reckon?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely brought. Because remember, Jacinta Stapleton played Mercedes Corby, and she's definitely brought some of that to. the world. <laughs> Well, because she's been living in far north Queensland. Well, there you go. In the fictional
2: world,
0: I wonder in regard to the thruple being true to life you know, Um, micro-sleepy, is it only when there's a change in circumstance that it's interesting because that's what's pulling me back into this. When Amy had the dream of them all in bed together, I'm like, all right, yep, yep, and then in the spoiler for next year there's another scene that looks a bit like that and, like, other family members coming in and having opinions and that seems interesting. But them just living their normal life with their, you know, Google spreadsheets, I'm not, I don't care about that.
2: I've seen online uh, a few people point out that none of these characters has had their own storyline outside of the Thrapple, so we haven't been able to see them live their lives. Like Amy shifts the she's still event managing, that's nice, but they haven't had anything else going on apart from this, so it, it's
3: had to carry all the weight of all of their plot lines. Can, can I make an early call for the saddest bitch in <coughs> It's uh, It's Ned Willis.
2: No.
0: Yes,
3: yes, Vaya. That no. man who keeps I going. You to give it but t- Amy, oh. I wanted to be just with you. I don't want to be with, with Levi anymore. And then, then he just keeps on like scheming in a Paul Robinson kind of way to hook up the um the firefighter with Levi. And it's like, I'll oh, give it. I'll just love find s- a different girlfriend.
2: <laughs> I love scheming Ned because he's so half-assed about it. Because he's like, this isn't me. Even though I
3: used to be in gangs. He's like, oh, <laughs> he, can't, he's like, he can't commit. No, he's like, what would my dad do? He's like, oh, he, you know. <laughs> his
2: dad's gone for a surf. Like yeah. his dad not even check. Well, in. Well, his
3: dad like was married and having an affair at the same time. So that were kind of like an accidental polyamory. Also back in the
0: Brett Michelson days, he was. Scott he was all, Michelson. Oh, Scott Michelson days. was He was also, you know, he had Natalie Ambrillier and um mm. and the Lauren. And was, was she the same actor? Beth, yeah. Everyone
2: was everyone in that scenario was is
0: different now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, he was off oh, going for his s- surfs and yoga classes.
3: And Roxy's mum as well, Gemma. Oh, really? oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she did Yeah, did She one of the Buchanan's. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she was the youngest Buchanan. Mm. So
2: oh. all that to say, Hunter CJ's question originally was: Does it get interesting when the dynamics change for your friends
1: and with real life? Yeah. You mean? Yeah. Well, yes, yes, absolutely. Actually, now I think about it, because at first this couple were a thruple, meaning it was all in, you know. Then they transitioned to polyamory. So at first they were all three of them were in the relationship. Now only now one of them dates both of them. Oh, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Is this so? That yeah. was a fascinating change in circumstance, but mainly for the rest of us behind their back. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, oh hey, yeah, hey, have you heard? Have you heard? Yeah. Yeah, it's very complicated though. He one of them wrote an explainer in the Guardian. Actually, I'll I'll pop the link in the chat. Beautiful.
2: And what are the logistics like for your friends that are in polyamorous relationships? Like in terms of, is it like a divorced family life? Do they have like a roster, like an agenda, like or do they live in a share house?
1: uh <laughs> starting to feel sully unethical about doing a deep dive on them um i am really only friends with one of the one yeah. couple we can cut this out of the
2: real pod and only our friends <laughs> no, our friends not. here on the stream so, can enjoy it
1: so i don't socialize with the other couple but i see them all the time on social media so yeah i reckon he must be over there you know two nights a week would be my guess i mean that's the dream really isn't it? <laughs> yes. two <nights> a week. <laughs> what can't there's nothing you can't do in two nights a week
2: you get, yeah, yes. except
1: get on your last nerve. It's the
2: same right? a- a- argument for working, taking away the eight-hour, da- the five-day work week. It's like I can achieve in four days what I do in five.
3: Absolutely. As long as someone's around to put my bins out on bin night, then, yeah.
1: Uh, and then oh leave yeah, me alone probably on Friday. It's a fr- huge <laughs> Who get who gets you on bin night.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so Ned has a tanty. He wants Amy, even though it was his idea. Paul, He Googled polyamory and said, what about this guys? And now he wants out. And CJ, what happens at this night? So firstly, I have to point out, Ned invites
0: himself to a work function of Levi's mm. because he wants to defend Amy's honour. Now, we've known lots of things about Amy, but she's never been incapable of defending her own honour. Yeah, no, she's ballsy. Yes. And, like, I totally get the idea that, Maybe Levi would be shit at it, (laughs) but she can look after herself. Mm. So there's that. But Ned comes along to this ball and he is just on edge waiting for somebody to have a go at them. And, of course, it's a policeman's ball. Of course somebody's going to have a go at the thruple who are there looking tense and
2: annoyed with each other. And then they end up all getting kicked out. Like they they, they start a scuffle. But before the scuffle, CJ, there's an auction that you pass judgment over. Oh, there
1: was. Guys, I, I just asked a question. I really hope that I haven't messed this up. Was this on Monday's episode?
2: No. this was the fallout after. This was okay, like last okay. Thursday. Right, Sorry, right, yeah, right. we're
1: getting into. Because I've been here thinking, i watched one <laughs> of episodes, and I did not see any of this stuff. This has just come out. I'm but checking my notes. Like, it's just
3: look, we've <laughs> had we've had a ball heavy storyline in Neighbours over mm, the past right, couple right. of months. Yeah. It was first of all, it was testy time with the the. Then there was actual testicular cancer, yeah. and now in oh, an wow. odd turn of events, they had an actual ball. So yeah. it's it's neighbor's Christmas bauble.
1: <laughs> Got balls on the brain.
3: Yeah. So I have to
0: point out also that Ned hired a suit, so he was arriving thinking he was Paul Robinson in his dinner suit, but it was hired. So that is some teenager's formal suit from 2019 <laughs> when there was formals. Then he sprouts out in the middle of the auction, you know, when people, and it's a Paul Robinson move, like he's now basing himself on Paul Robinson, Ned, and he's not as hot. Sorry there. <laughs> and so he, somebody bids like $200 on a trip to Cairns, Amy, because she's like, oh, I can use it to go see my kids. Then Ned shoots out in his hired suit and says, $800. Like, ugh. Classic Willis. I, classic, classic. But you know what? The Willis lost the terrace to the Paul, so I guess he's trying to be the Paul. So then, as Vaya said, he cracks the shits. There's a scuffle. There's an inappropriate douchebag that has a go at them. He's crap. We all know that. And then they go home and Ned sort of thinks that this has united them mm. and he's like, I can't believe we got kicked out. <laughs> but actually, no, <laughs> like you, you were a big player in the getting kicked out, Ned, and... He just says he doesn't want to do it anymore and he wants Amy all to himself.
3: The saddest bitch. <laughs> the saddest bitch. In narrative's Just wants to love. And be
2: what does loved. give him saddest B territory is when he says to Amy, I only want to be with you, I only want to be with you, <laughs> and she says... No, it's either polyamory or nothing. And he goes, okay, so if I eject myself from this, are you just going to still keep going out with Levi? She's like, yeah. So she's going to be in a duo with the other guy anyway. No, she's going to go and
3: get another guy. Mm, okay. Fill the spot. That was like a high stakes bluff right there saying, none, nah, mm. my way or the highway. But as we see from the
2: 2022 teaser promo, something happens where two of them end up. All three of them end up in bed, which would lead us to hashtag Ned Willis bisexual king, which is what this podcast has always
1: wanted. Mm. <laughs> do you think you could be polyamorous, Vaya?
2: I just had to try and remember.
1: I think, If I was polyamorous or not? <laughs> yeah, I was just
2: trying to remember. Get through through husbands do I have? Little <laughs> black, black book. I, I've talked about this episode of You Can't Ask That before where they were talking about ethical non-monogamy and I think that's mm. more my bag. I don't know how that's different to polyamory.
1: I have a colleague who's just moved from Taylor's Lakes to Collingwood. Taylor's and Lakes so is my old
2: stomping ground. She's
1: been telling me, she's been telling me how different the hinge and Tinder experience is going from <laughs> Taylor's Lake to <laughs> Collingwood. She's like, let me tell you, in Collingwood, sorry, in Taylor's Lakes, any old prick was trying to marry me. She goes, now i am been to Collingwood, and all everyone wants to be is ethically non-monogamous, whatever that <laughs> means. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a who cares, whatever, like it's not a big deal. Anyone else wouldn't would think they'd give it a go? Nah.
1: No, I don't think I'd be very good. Uh, I think I'd be bitter.
0: I think, yeah. I, yeah. I, get- I would only want another girl in the relationship sexually, but also I fun. don't want another woman in my relationship. Like, <laughs> a wife would be like handy mentally, though,
3: wouldn't it? A wife? Yeah,
0: two wives. You make a good point. And like one maybe like yourself, Kate, that could launder things because I'm, that's not a
3: skill for me. That's, that's my talent, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think you guys just need, a, yeah, you just need to hire a cleaner or something. We need to. <laughs> so, I think I'm just going to scratch the itch, to be honest.
0: Well, maybe, maybe I am already in a poly relationship with my cleaner.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's what you do. You get the cleaner, then convince them to join your polyamorous throuple and then have to stop paying them. <laughs> yeah. Genius.
2: Yeah. Great. We'll leave them because there's more important things to talk about. Marriage counselling. Catherine Jones, rage Paul, on the rocks they have separated because, long story short, Hunter, Paul essentially bought a baby. Well, <laughs> it's just whatever. There was a baby swap. Paul was involved. He paid someone to stay away. The marriage broke down and now Terrage is not in a great spot.
1: No, she's spiralling. But also
2: <laughs> the clincher wasn't even the
0: baby. It was oh, some yeah. ridiculous plot line about a boy that kind of was born in the same year as her son that's dead, you, you know. But he also is related to um, oh, what's his name? Julie Quill. It's Julie Quill's son, isn't it? Yes, but it's Margot Robbie's brother, the actor.
1: Oh, he's on my notes here to ask about Cameron. What's going on with him? Where's he? Um, Sydney Paul got rid mate. of him. Sydney.
2: Paul got rid of him. Got
0: that's of him. why
2: Tarage was mad at him because she's like, I bonded with this kid and then you made him go to Sydney. Yeah. Um, but he was... Yeah, he was having a great time. He's working at the Flamingo Bar, then at Lasseter's. But Paul is, look, he'll do anything to get Therese back. He'll do anything. He will do literally anything, he says, except the one thing that he won't do is back the fuck
3: off. Back off, Paul. So he's basically Leave meatloaf. I will do anything alone. for love, but I, but I won't do that.
2: No. She's telling,
0: I'll do anything for you. Go away. <laughs> you know what, though? Going away is not going to work. Because he wins out by being persistently in people's faces. That's how he wins at things. If he disappears, his brother, half-brother, whatever Glenn is, Kate will bring us up to speed on that later, will just swoop into those those warm sheets. We all know that and Paul knows that too. And he also knows that there will be other birds, so to speak, waiting in the wings to swoop into those sheets that aren't even related to him. So he has tried a few things. He's bought her a coffee which
3: that didn't work. (laughs) Um, And he's got Harlow um, scheming and spying. Yeah, yeah, parent trap Harlow. Which got her kicked out of the house.
0: Yeah,
2: and and maybe sent her off the edge. He bought Um, a replica engagement ring after she lost
3: hers at, um, where were they, Kate? They were at Lasseter's Portsea, which was allegedly on the. Queensland? No, it was in North Coast of New South Wales, Ah. Central Coast. I don't know. But, yeah, it was just in Portsea. Hmm.
0: Hmm. these things didn't work. And so Paul comes up and says that he'd like to go to a marriage counselling session. Now, I want to start with a conversation that he says session. That's a hard stop. It's not four sessions and not five sessions. It's not a program. It's a session. (laughs) I'm willing to work on my marriage for 45 minutes. Yeah, not a second longer. Then Therese doesn't say yes straight away. Everyone on the street, namely Paul's brother, have an opinion on whether she should go Chloe's trying to loosen up her diary. I can tell you what, Chloe, you should just loosen it up and then if she goes to the appointment, go. Everyone's pressuring Therese to make a decision straight away on couples therapy. Also, the current wait for psychologists is months and months long. I'm assuming marriage therapist is longer than that. Full mm, of money though. Yeah, lockdown.
1: She's in high demand because they're also trying to hassle her to go to AA. That's what I thought. She's, she's booked and busy, this woman. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> great. That someone's trying to get somebody to focus on their mental health. But
2: Mm. you know. And we um, we love a counseling sesh on neighbors. And apparently, this so this a moment on the counselor, I think her name was Rhonda. She is in real life the mother of Georgie Stone. Uh Rebecca Robinson. She is a chip off the old block. She looks just like her mum, doesn't she? What a resemblance. And so apparently she's reprising a role she played ages ago. That's what Georgie posted. And she was a delight. I really bought her as a marriage counsellor. No, I really enjoyed her,
0: and I was entranced. She has beautiful eyebrows that are just like. Mm. So does Mackenzie. Yeah, I mean, they're going to the same browist. Oh yes, browist. It- Brow therapist.
2: Mm. We're, we're mm. told she was C- Susan and Carl's divorce. Therapist. How amazing
1: is uh, that? Actually, and Samantha there is saying that she was hoping for Marion from Kath and Kim. And that's the exact note that I had too that the counsellor was giving Marion in Warrandite vibes two dead sticks, a Wetix and a squeegee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the reference. <laughs>
2: um, but the, the amazing thing is, how does this, CJ, how does this session descend into just chaos? Well, I, I want
0: to point out how it starts, which is Paul saying, I have already done an amazing job because I am here. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, I am at a session. Nothing else (laughs) needs to be done from my end.
2: What? I came. I'm here. What?
0: Yeah, exactly. So they have a very quick session where Therese kind of points out a few things. The therapist, her head must be spinning, right? Because no one's <laughs> told her any facts. They're just kind of
2: like getting in on it. Like, no, she has no idea what's going on. And she's like, the, if a friend asks me about neighbors recently, and I just go, mm. okay, so there was, I swapped a baby and then I paid a person and then um, <laughs> then my brother came, came back and then he was missing for 30 years. And they, they just, it's the most outlandish stories they're telling this counselor. She's like, mm hmm, okay. And
3: how does that like, make you feel? The counselor would be like, <laughs> so how many wives have you had, Paul? Yeah, let's start that's, there, that's, Paul. That's a red flag. Yeah. Shall yeah. we unpack that?
0: Massive red flag. And he points that out at some point, doesn't he? He says something like, I wouldn't have done this for any of my other wives.
3: Oh, what a way to make a girl feel special.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which was turning up to a session, by the way, nothing else. Um, I reckon he would have done it for Gail. Think, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I think you're right though. He definitely he started with the I'm just I should get a medal for being here. And then he transitioned to his approach, which was sort of like Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I'm a dog, but so are you. Mm.
2: Yeah, like attracts like. Genius move. And that was that felt abusive too. Like you're not going to do better than me, so stay here because we're both as bad as each other. Mother Teresa, you're not Mother Teresa. He said.
3: Surely he's better than bloody Drab though. Drab was shit (laughs) house. Um, 150
0: times better than Drab. But also, I, I of course, you found it abusive. I was excited by it there, (laughs) and because Teresa isn't an angel. And he lists off these things that she's done that I had forgotten too, so it was a timely time to
2: hear them. But all the stuff she had done, he's done 50 times worse. And one of the things he brought up was, you had an affair. She's like, with you.
0: I mean, I don't think that one was any good, but he did bring up that she, and I'd forgotten this, that she lied and he ended up in prison because she lied about the thing. And it was a it was another opportunity for her to say my son had died, which is like traumatic.
2: Mm. And my father in law, she chopped <laughs> she chopped that line in again. He was gonna it's, die anyway. He's very ill, and uh, not to diminish losing a loved one when they're already very ill. No. Um. And as Georgie says in our chat, he bought a baby. Like that's the final line. Nicolette says at some point with the boys in the hospital in uh, last week or this week, um, they were all trying to make up with each other. And David's like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't tell you that I knew Paul did the million-dollar check. And Nicolette's like, well, that's a lot to take in, but I guess I did swap a baby, so. you sold somebody else's baby. I actually think that's worse than buying a baby. Also,
0: turns out this baby was also Paul's grandchild. Mm. All of
2: the babies he bought and swapped were kind (laughs) of, in a way, his. (laughs) His own own (laughs) grandchildren. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Counseling ends in they're, they're at each other's throats. Tareja's distraught and runs out of the session, and it's a bust. And poor Rhonda's like, Shall we book in a few more, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone for Jarrah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the spiral continues. Now, here's a point where I would like to discuss Glenn. I have. Some opinions on Glenn. I was like, I don't know him from a bar of soap. I was worried because I know that he left Neighbours as a character as a paraplegic, and he was slated to return as an able-bodied man. Wow, that made me nervous. But also, the alternative makes me nervous. If they'd kept him in a wheelchair, and as the same actor, and deprived an actor in a wheelchair from that role, so
3: there's win lose points on either side. But Kate, tell me about Glenn. Well, um, back in 1990 or so, we had the Robinson family, we had Jim, more recently of Man in the Bauble fame. Um, So Jim had Paul, Julie, Scotch and Lucy, his four kids with his wife Anne. But then in 1990, this other guy turns up who's younger than Scotch, I think, and it turns out he's the product of an affair that Jim had when he was in Vietnam. When he, in, when he was in the army, so that's that's mm-hmm. how that kind of all works out. And Interesting. Um, with a with a Caucasian, yeah, woman. No, with, yeah, kind of he's Caucasian <laughs> there, <I see>. <laughs> <laughs> Um But Paul was quite antagonistic towards him and kind of disliked him on the spot. But um, like a wounded puppy. Uh, Glenn kept on trying to win his affection and and be part of the family you know and in the end you know Helen loved him so it was and Helen was her daughter that Jim cheated on as well but you know Helen she was she was a beautiful soul anyway in the end on Christmas day a bit of awnings fallen off at Lasseter's and they can't get someone called, to fix another it another dark so. day for Lasseter's yes. So Glenn and Todd Landers, he of the guy who got run over outside the abortion clinic fame, mm-hmm, um, yep. they volunteer to go and fix up the awning, and which wasn't the greatest idea. Like, you know, I, I feel I have to put some blame on them in this situation that they, you know, looked at this roof and didn't go, no, nah, that's far too dangerous for anybody to attempt to fix this. You know, take a bit of kind of ownership of your own actions here. It wasn't like Paul was standing there with a megaphone going, yes, that's right, just slide down that bit of roof. It'll, t- it'll take your body weight. Um, anyway, Glenn fell off the roof and he became paraplegic. Oh, and then Paul schemed so he couldn't actually um, make an insurance claim against Lassiter's, <gasps> and that's why Glenn hates him.
2: Oh, that's low. And did he stay on the show for much longer after that point? Like, did we see him live as a man with
3: paraplegia? I think he just disappeared off screen, but basically it was like, I can't feel my legs, you know, the oh. the, the cliché. Yeah, so it was exciting to see him back. Now, on a side note, Richard Huggett, who played him, had just mm. played a character on E Street who was utterly terrifying. And remember, I was <laughs> only 9, 10 at this time and I, I watched oh, E Street. No. And I, it, Are you yeah, to tell me, Kate? What? Are you going to tell me he was Mr. Bad? He wasn't Mr. Bad, but he was like a violent junkie who um was pretty bad and he scared the shit out of Mr. me. Mr. pretty that show. bad. <laughs> 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 Mr. pretty bad. But so when he joined neighbors, I was just like, no, this guy's bad news. He's going to turn out to be you know,
1: evil as well.
3: And you know, it turns out I just had to wait another 30 years for, to see his evil side. <laughs> Completely reasonable. So is
1: it a different actor or same actor? No, it's
3: the same. Richard Huggett. And
1: I, oh, it is great. F-
3: I feel now he looks a hell of a lot more like Paul than he did back in the day. So mm-hmm. much
1: oh, they do like do look similar. Yes. I noticed that. So yeah.
3: much like Paul. So
2: I view him as bizarro world Paul. Like in the other side of the looking glass, you've got this other Paul Robinson who's good <laughs> and he just wants to protect
3: people from bad Paul. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot one of the, he's... Key storylines was that he was like the initial, um, it was the, the first that we know of Robinson incest storyline where he and Lucy nearly got it on, and this was oh. after the point they knew they were siblings as well. I love that. He oh. and Leo
2: should sit down and go, Oh my god, I also nearly banged my sister. What's going on with that? <laughs> I mean, they lived in New York for a year. We don't know if they did, they may <laughs> 100% they might not though, be an anymore. So Glenn, I'm charmed by him, uh, At on the beach, he found to rage on the beach in a drunk state, looked after her and then said, I, I need to protect you from Paul because he's awful and he treats. And there's an amazing line where he confronts Paul, Paul confronts him and he's like, what are you doing sniffing around my family and digging into all my business? And he, he's like, what? You don't know who I am now. You don't know the man I am now. And Glenn goes, seems a lot like the guy I knew 30 years ago.
3: And it's true. The best part of um, Lucy and Paul seeing Glenn again is they're both like, how are you walking? And he's like, well, (laughs) turns out another dark day for Erinsborough Hospital Mm. wasn't really paraplegic.
2: That's why I'm waiting for Chloe's Huntington's diagnosis to get reversed because she, I don't believe it. Imagine if it was just migraines or something (laughs)
0: You know, I don't like Glenn at all, which I, I, is obviously like How part of funny. my personality profile. I just think he's, like, he's got controlling red flags all over him.
2: But he's fighting for good. Mm. He, wants, he wants to save Paul's family members from him.
0: Oh, so he's got a white knight complex.
2: Um, I also think that moment where Tarage walks into AA and Glenn is there saying, I'm Glenn and I'm an alcoholic, I was like, oh, they're going to bond. They've got a. They're bonding what? over their demons. I reckon he's making it up, though. I don't think he's an Elko.
0: I'm, oh, I'm with no. Kate. I think it's entirely made up, so that he can get mm. into Teresa.
3: He, he pocketed oh. that engagement ring on the beach. He probably just slipped it off her, you know, inebriated fingers. Mm. Oh, he's a cat. So
1: inebriated fingers. <laughs>
2: The saucy moment was when she, she comes home drunk from the police ball and he has to unzip her out of her dress, which is a, always a saucy TV trope that I am here for. Mm. Um, but he goes to check in on her on Christmas Day and we'll come back to that. But, okay, so he's got a foil in Harlow. We'll get to her because she's completely anti-Uncle Glenn, great Uncle Glenn. Um, let's talk for a moment about Coil. Cause balls. Coil's balls. Carl Canning has had a time. Yeah. He has been diagnosed with testicular
1: cancer. Oh, this is the bloke who's putting on a funny voice.
3: Um, mm. um yeah, well, he's like He has his. I was going to say he's got a very Aussie voice.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not his real voice. That he's doing an impression. He's doing an impersonation. He's,
3: he's been doing it for years, though. Yeah.
1: What, does he, what does he sound like off camera? Have you heard him do an interview? Does uh, he, I, he don't, it in I don't think I have actually.
3: But if no, it is if it the he's a character. He's straight out of the VCA. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
1: He's not doing. <laughs> oh no! He's not doing
2: King Lear in the summer season on the, in the Botanic Gardens.
3: Oh, hang on, um, Georgie in the comments says, "Yeah, he did attack talks YouTube, and he sounds the same." To be honest, no, I, no, no, no. Georgie can't be trusted because she's from the UK,
2: so we, we, uh.
1: it, it would sound the same to her. But also, if you're, okay, so no, just no, say Olivia says me, so too. Just,
2: Okay. Yeah, no, but okay. you
1: would keep doing the voice in interviews too, right? Like if you were just imagine it was me, you know, very if I was cast in a very manly role. Oh hi Brett, and then <laughs> I um, so I had to put on a had to put on a real um, ocker voice. I mean, to have to do it in the interviews too, wouldn't you?
3: It, it, what method acting? This method. No, like like, yeah. no, I do, no, do just he, mean do like. Think, <laughs> do you think he moved to Frankston as well? To...
1: <laughs> oh no, but the, Fra- the Frankston content I was loving actually.
0: Didn't he move to Queensland?
2: That's kind of the same, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Frankston of the North, they call it.
2: Yeah. Um, what What did you love about the Frankston elements, Hunter?
1: I'm just looking for the quote. Here it is: "Who's driving to Franger?" Iconic line. Who's <laughs> driving to Franger? Love that. I'm down at Frankston <laughs> every weekend at this late stage because that's where Nanny's in the nursing home. So I'm all across the Frankston content.
3: Oh, so your Nan's like Sheila? She was from Frankston.
1: Yes, she's she's actually like Sheila in a in a <laughs> lot of ways. I don't have to visit at the moment because um. I've got COVID in the home, oh. oh no. so silver linings, you know. It's really freed up the weekend.
3: <laughs> I, I'm still very worried about people putting, like, open carrier bags in the back of a ute. Like, that bag, yeah. once you get on bloody Eastlink, that bag is just going, well, the contents are flying out and the whole bag mm. is just flying out of the ute.
0: Also, Roxy behind the wheel, doesn't she strike you as, as a bit of a lead foot? I, I, I would really,
2: yes. Yeah. Especially from Northern Territory. That's yeah. where she would have learned to drive. Yeah. But, I cannot speak highly enough of the way they've handled his treatment and that whole storyline, and we missed some beautiful stuff while we well, we watched it, but we didn't talk about it. but when he was going in for surgery, they took not one ball but two. they took both his both his nads. It was not in, by accident no, they it was on purpose, oh, but he didn't yeah. he wasn't expecting it like and they, they must to- have he must have consented to it because they can't just take bits of your body without asking. <laughs>
3: No, that it was. But, it was, um, he was warned that it may happen, but that yeah. It was, yeah. But then, but he yeah, just to really it. rub it in, then he was off to the policeman's ball
1: as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cruel. Did they pop in a prosthetic one?
3: I, I
0: don't think they've done it yet, but I think there was sort of, I think there was a brief, like, oh, some people do this after. So maybe after his treatment, mm. he might do that.
1: You know, sometimes if you have to get a breast reconstruction, you can, you know, work it to your favour. I wonder if people do that with the, um, Fake testes too. I'm actually yeah, wondering if really
2: a, big I, ones. Well, I reckon yeah. Kyle would get his footy colours in there, surely. I'm for that.
1: That's smart. Or, or, or they could just be AFL ball shaped, which would be nice. The <laughs> oh, nice Sharon that would ones. would be nice,
2: wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be
1: a, couple nice, yeah. They, he... a couple of sherrins. A <laughs> couple <laughs> A pouch of Sharons for your troubles.
2: Actually, Dr. Cathy's just joined. Dr. Cathy, if you can hear me. I gave the wrong link earlier. This is the guest link instead of the audience link. Whatever, we live and learn. Um, but you can stay on if you want, if this is Dr. Kathy and you can talk, because I'm about to talk about, about Kyle's testicular cancer. But um, in other words,
0: it's neighbors, so we warrant a, a medical opinion from people who aren't doctors even. Yeah, she's
2: she's not an oncologist. Doesn't matter. Beautiful handling of Roxy. Didn't she was trying to help him, she didn't know how to help him, he was pushing her away. They were just trying to wrangle all their emotions beautiful performances and then it culminated in Roxy getting down on my knee and proposing to him and it was gorgeous and I'm really happy for them and I and there's going to be a wedding in the new year and Kyle's last wedding I loved Kyle and George's was pitch perfect in the nursery and I think his and Roxy's will be good
3: too it actually feels like a nice unforced marriage as well like there's been a lot of people rushing into marriages you know recently Chloe and Pierce They've been together for years now, since the start of the pandemic, because they got together on Bum Island
2: when. Oh we, wow! We, Kyle's was one of the bums we saw.
0: It is, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it's really nice that they're planning the wedding, and it's not by the bedside with Hunter officiating. <laughs>
1: well, um, try not to take that personally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. I mean, look. You know, I'm all for them getting married. Um. I have a spoiler though. <gasps> don't that I can now share because oh, it's yeah. kind of happened. So I shared this on our, on the spoiler off group, and they let the actress that plays Roxy do an Instagram takeover about the time that Kyle was being diagnosed. Mm. And she talked to camera like this with her hand with a ring on it.
3: Oh. (gasps)
2: Roxy
0: and I screenshotted it and posted it in oh the spoiler my. group. I was so excited because I never That's get this. So stuff.
1: impressive, fresh
0: yeah. content, yeah. fantastic sleuthing. And then they took it down within like maybe five minutes. So I was like, Ooh. oh, I got. I screenshotted it. I have receipts. Yes. <laughs> um. So I didn't really catch whether it was a an engagement ring and a wedding ring, but you know yeah. there was definitely an engagement ring on her finger. But I think from the you know, on next year on neighbours, it looks like they're going to get married or at least have an engagement
2: party. And like, I think it's great that they're planning it and mm. it's not quickie. And and he said, "Look, I'm not who I I'm not the man I want to be, and who knows what I'm going to be like." And mm. Roxy's like, "Screw that, you're my man. Like, this is it." And that god, that warmed the cockles. That made me want to be ethically monogamous. Oh, <laughs> so we'll leave them, and and they ended up. They were going to go to Frangers, but they stayed to help poor Aunty T, which we'll get to. But now I want to move to another trio, Team Isla, we call them, because they made a parenting agreement, hashtag Team Isla. Nicolette, Jane Harris's daughter, and Paul's son, David, and Aaron Brennan, beautiful Aaron Brennan, are in this co-parenting situation, a rainbow family on neighbours. And I ask Hunter, if you're willing to share some of your rainbow family journey and did someone try to buy your baby in Canberra?
1: <laughs> no, I couldn't get a good price for them, unfortunately. <laughs> Tried as I could. Um, now, let me say, I've watched Nobos for a long time and there has never been a storyline that I found more realistic than these people trying to schedule their rainbow Christmas day because... <laughs> I mean, here we are. It's December 12th. I'm in the midst of it. I've had to resort, and this is what they're going to have to do, I think, at this late stage. I've recently had to resort to taking annual leave on Monday the 20th, mm. and that's when we're doing it. Yeah. We're doing Christmas Day on a Monday. How absurd. Well, that's what you've got to do, you know? I've got mum coming down.
2: I'm We've surprised. Got the kids over. I'm surprised no one suggested another day because we did it last year with COVID. We were doing it last year. We did smaller groups, and we had a week before in the country the week before, and um, some people were doing Boxing Day. But that's what I thought Carl and Susan would suggest. I really thought they were going to say, well, we always go up to Queensland on Boxing Day and have a big lunch at Billy and Anne's, but no, what did Carl and Susan
3: suggest? Just don't care about the rest of your family.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. Just get them on FaceTime.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I reckon this year you just go, how about we not take the, you know, four-month-old baby on a plane yet. How about we just have it in Melbourne and we'll cross the bridge next year when we get to it? That's the one well, So a yeah. lot of
1: talk about what Isla, how it's all for Isla. I'm like, Isla is a flashing brainstem, babe. Mm. She
3: does not she's give a, a rat's arse. She is potato right now. Yeah. yeah. When, when Jane
2: said, This is all about Isla, I'm like,
3: Not the first year it isn't. It's about me. No.
2: Vaya Pachos has feelings, <laughs> and I'm already a divorced kid. And so I've already been pulled from here, there, and everywhere to all different kinds of families. And now I've got to figure out who's going to be with the baby on Christmas Day. I can't
3: handle that pressure. The the most ridiculous part of this was, I mean, after they finally decided yes they're going to have to stay in Melbourne, was Leo then mm. inviting um Montana Montana Cox. Cox. What's, her, <laughs> what's her name oh, wait 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 Brittany Brittany yeah wait 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 it's Brittany
1: bitch <laughs> <laughs> she's back
3: ringing her up on Christmas Eve and saying oh, sorry babe um. You know, you can say no to this if you want, but do you want to come down here tomorrow? And, yeah, like rather than Brittany just going, yes, I don't have to see you or your awful family, (laughs) um, she's like, yeah, why not be spontaneous? Why not cart my, like, four-month-old baby from Wollongong to Sydney to Melbourne all on Christmas Day? After she's doing breakfast at her mum's or whatever, and then she's like, Mm -hmm. oh, just come after. I'm like, huh?
1: No.
2: And they yeah, also- it did start off
1: as a quite realistic storyline. But then, like three episodes later, when they still hadn't worked it out, I was like, I'm not sure if this is going to work out so well. Like, some, somebody just needs to let this slide. Also, I'm on board all of this if this was a week ago.
2: Because yeah. I understand COVID, no one knows where anyone's going. They don't know which borders are open. No one's going to WA. But Christmas Eve? Yeah, How are nuts. they getting flights anywhere um, unless they're like $800? Yeah, yeah, Paul's
0: going to get a private plane for them. I, I just. I'm very concerned. No one's got a good-to-go pass, which is how you get into, like, other states and, and all mm. like all this random stuff. But it was so inappropriate. And how weird was it that Montana just said yes, or Brittany mm. just said yes? That's There's something
2: going on. There. Well, it seems to be that they've planted that she's got the horn for Leo again, which, mm. I don't know, four months of postpartum, hmm, I don't know. I
3: want to know. They were planning on going to Wollongong to have Christmas with Ma Nacca as well. And yeah. then what's happened to Marnaka? She's just been like, oh, well, stiff shit, lady. That poor woman, David, when he's making his
2: case for going to Sydney, he's like, my mum hasn't met Isla."
3: Poor Marnaka. And then Aaron's like, my mum didn't meet her either because she died.
1: <gasps> that was a real Trump moment. That was a real <laughs> Trump card. <laughs> do the um, three, forgive my ignorance, do the three parents live together?
2: Yeah. Yes. So well, after Nicolette, after Nicolette kept their real baby and handed off their niece as their own, they forgave her. She came back. They were like, well, we better patch this up because we want to see our kid. So let's all live together. And they conceived it as like a fun share house moment. They were going to go to Canada to get a surrogate legally over there. And Nicolette's like, I have a uterus and ovaries. Why don't I give you an egg and my womb, even though it's not legal here? And let's do what straight people do. Let's get hammered and get knocked up. And so she went and got the turkey
3: baster and off they went. But also wow. Hunter, Hunter, she was like, I don't want to be the mum. I just want to be the fun aunt. So and then she changed her mind over the pregnancy. So it's like, oh. sorry guys, yeah. yeah. She's why they don't like people to do that here. She's like, Oh,
2: but I like this kid. And I've yeah. never had one. Because you have to have had your own here before you become mm. a surrogate. But It was very relatable. I did find it all very relatable, the Christmas angst, except I wish it had been not Christmas Eve when they were having, because then they cancel Adelaide um, and Chloe, I love Chloe's reaction. She's like, well, you're going to tell Mark because his control freak ass is not going to be down with this. But what about a ship manoeuvre from Tyler and Piper deciding to hop on an international flight to LA, their first Christmas without their mum? This is 100% on brand for them.
3: (laughs) Oh, Yeah. On brand. Like, why the hell wouldn't those two well actually all of them come back saying they're all related to Baby mm. Isla? Because
0: mm. no. they don't give a shit about Baby Isla. Um, Piper is now a TikToker for sure. Yeah. And I've followed several people that have gone to LA recently, TikTokers. And so she's just doing that now. And Mark Chloe has made a mistake because Paige would be putting on a beautiful Christmas.
2: Oh, yeah. Just like um, every year a couple of those Neighbours stars get together and one of them has this beautiful share house with, like, this rooftop, like this annex that overlooks an amazing vista and they all get up there and get on the turps. That's what Paige would put on. Yeah,
1: Has that happened this year yet?
2: Yeah, I'll send you the Instagram
1: story. Thank you.
3: I have a bone to pick with Neighbours that they've been swapping the baby actresses and it's really driving me bananas. So Baby Mary was the first baby that we saw. She was the baby that got swapped. So she played Byla, but she was you know, originally Abigail. She was the baby that was swapped over. And then when Nicolette came back to her hotel room, looked in the crib and, was oh, surprised. second baby, that baby was played by Axel. Now the thing is Axel and Mary look very different from each other. And so when the real Isla was given back to David and Aaron, you know, it was just it was just really obvious. And now like suddenly it's a different child. And now Brittany's brought down Axel. And it's just like, oh god damn it, you can't just swap these kids. They're not actually twins. I'm gonna tell you
2: why they've done it. I have no intel, but this is it's gonna be one of two reasons. Number mm. one, one of them is better ugly on ugly cam- baby. No. (laughs) Ugly baby. No, they're both adorable. (laughs) One of them's better on camera, as in one of them is better on set, as in she's more, she's got an even temperament. She'll be held, she'll be, you know, put in a bassinet, whatever. And the other one maybe isn't taking to it, is maybe more fussy. Mm -hmm. And actually, I did notice that when they were holding Abigail, ex Isla, Abigail was kind of squirmy and crinkly and crankly. So I'm, I'm guessing maybe that's the reason. Or, um, sickness maybe one of them was a close contact and so the family couldn't do the shoots and so they had to swap but I think it's the first one I think one of them's more um
0: I think I think it's fussy because hmm. being a fussy baby was sort of in the filers character profile because she was a newborn and you know the boys were trying to figure it out and then you know was sort of led to feel like you know just something wasn't quite right and then when she's reunited with her mother that things settle out a bit, but
2: I haven't because can, can you we know. talk about the cutest moment in the whole thing though? Was when Aaron comes out in the little onesie that they the Brennans made up, which was Cousin Crew. It was a little onesie with Cousin Crew written on the back and he's cuddling her like a koala and he's like, We've got to go get the cousin crew photos. I'm like, sold. Aaron has won already with the dead fay card. Now he's come in with the
3: costume <laughs> cosplay situation. Two points to Aaron. Just like to say, friend of the pod, Brett has said that Marnack is coming to his family Christmas in Wollongong, so don't worry, guys. It's all sorted. It's <laughs> good. That's good. I'm she's
1: really fine. glad she's, she's got fine. somewhere.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, she always lands on her feet.
2: She's going to be a hanger on, like um, Therese at the Kennedy's lunch. Mm. That they've invited her to. Brett, can you do the impression of her mother with
0: the homophobic <laughs> slur when you when you when you see her? Yeah, just if you could. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, to get towards the finish line here couple of things we need to tick off the docket. A couple of big ticket items. Harlow. Let's talk about Christmas Day, okay? Because well, Christmas Eve, there's a theory about Harlow and Christmas Day, it all comes to a head. Christmas Day, beautiful. I love to see it. It's lovely morning in the Bernacca house with the tree and giving the baby presents and it's a beautiful morning and they're all having punch and it's lovely. And then over at... Terrage's house, Roxy and Kyle are packing for Frankston. Everyone's worried about where Therese is gonna go because she's having a tough time emotionally. She's gonna go over to the Kennedy house. But Mackenzie and Hendrix come out and say, like, no, she's not there. Carl's in there playing jingle bell rock on his guitar. So everyone's telling, like, where's Terage? Glenn goes over to see her. Everyone's worried about her. And she's hit the wine. And Terrach has found a receipt from the barrel, which is a new. New to Power Road, next to Grease Monkeys, is a bottle shop called the Barrel, and Terage has shopped there, and tries to explain it away.
1: So I like how when they started with the um, back with the gays, that household when they were like full of Christmas joy, but it's like they got up specifically that morning not to talk about Christmas, just to just talk exclusively about the psychopath theory.
2: Yeah, they're like, let's just, put just, just all as of this Baby aside. Jesus
1: intended it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's their new Christmas tradition. I'm sure there'll be another psychopath on the docket next year. Um, My favourite line of the week about the... um... (gasps) Well, while we're back at that house for a second, Nicola and Jane devised a safe word for when Paul's around and Jane's uncomfortable and it's punch. And then Paul just walks in the door and they all just go, punch, (laughs) punch. Um, But I was going to ask you, with parent... So this household, to live in harmony, they've come up with this agreement where it's three-way, a three-way split. So whenever there's a disagreement, they just have to get to a majority. And that's how they do it. So mm-hmm. is that is that a can you relate in your household? If, if
1: no, because we've got four, so <laughs> we just have a stalemate. We've got four and two kids, so yeah, you have got to lobby the children to get the ones side. It feels like, like little baby Otis. Little baby Otis is the hanging judge.
3: Feels like a big power imbalance. Can when you consider that the Brenackers are a couple and they kind of dislike Nicolette a lot of the time, that mm. you know they can just overrule her at any given stage. Yeah.
1: They weren't very affectionate, though, on Christmas Day. I felt that, yeah, I, I didn't think they, I thought they could have been a bit more loving giving it was Christmas Day mm. to each other.
2: Also, Katie in the chat reminds us of the classic line when Nicolette, when they were trying to resolve it, everything and Nicolette just goes, Christmas is cancelled, which I would love to do many times,
1: make mm. that conclusion. How long ago did they film, like, uh, how long ago do you think they filmed this Christmas Day episode with, in your expertise? Oh, at least two months.
0: I think more because they the infamous funeral scenes that are in the next year on Neighbours were about two months ago they filmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're for January, well, who knows? They're for next year. So, um,
1: so mid-year maybe? Usually three months. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. They had great weather.
2: Stunning. Yeah. It, it was fun. very windy, did you notice, when they were all outside having their punch? Oh, no, I didn't. And
0: later on when Therese was by the pool. It was like there was too much wind to be having this conversation outside. Like even though it was emotional. You would definitely have
1: gone inside. Yeah,
0: you would (laughs) definitely. But that obviously didn't lend to the storyline at all.
1: The weirdest thing about this party was that they were playing a Christmas rap song. Did anybody hear it? So the background music was up quite high in the mix and it was a terrible rap about Christmas. And I thought there is nothing homosexual about that music choice, is there? (laughs) Like that would be... They would be doing Kylie. Kylie's got a, in numerous Christmas albums. You could be doing Bublé at a stretch, but you not tell you what you're not doing, a white man's rap about a present.
3: Well, it's disappointing for Alan Fletcher that he didn't get his latest Christmas tune in as well. It is disappointing. He's got a new one. I bought the old one for this podcast. Yes, yeah, so, so Traj is on her
2: own. She's riding solo, drinking the barrel, barrel-o-wine, and everyone's set off to look for her. Now, Harlow is the one that ends up confronting her. Now, let's have a moment for Harlow, who I thought they had rewritten. Uh, They have rewritten her, but it was deliberate. She has been very distant, very bratty, uh, self-serving, very cold. One of my favourite scenes a couple of weeks ago was when they had all just found out that Kyle had uh, testicular cancer and McKendrix were catching up with Harlow And they're like, oh, my God, how's Roxy coping with her boyfriend having cancer? What's going on? And Harla's like, oh, we haven't really, haven't talked to her that much. Uh, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. So they were like, oh, okay. Like, do you want to shoot her a text? Maybe you guys are best (laughs) mates. And no, but she was more concerned with getting her hair done. Her beautician cancelled for the police ball and so she was more concerned about that. So for ages I was like, why are they writing this uni student to have the most boring aspirations? Like all she wanted to do was get to middle management at Lasseter's. She was white anting Chloe for the job. But it turns out that, CJ, what do Roxy and Mackenzie suspect is going on with Harlow?
0: Yeah, so those pair, they've been on TikTok because that's where everyone gets diagnosed these days, <laughs> And they have decided that she is a bit off.
2: Ding, 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 ding. She's a psychopath.
1: Ring-a-ding-ding. Like her
2: dad. Because, Kate, what's come out? Where's Harlow been driving to? She's been driving out to the prison
3: to visit Rob-Rob. Which I thought was in Aubrey or something. Yeah, and look, how the hell that old Ford Capri's making that journey a few times a week. She'd she'd be breaking down on the side of the road every time.
0: Also, isn't that Capri, while kind of hers, isn't it really like Therese's?
3: Uh, Like wouldn't it still be at that house? It's owned by her and um, Roxy. But the thing is, look, Harlow has, she had a very traumatic childhood, didn't she? she? Like, first of all, she didn't know her dad. Turns out he was evil and in prison for- um, And like killing people, yeah. like killed the bishops well, via a plane bomb. I was on Wikipedia or a page I was reading about him tonight that says he's a serial killer. And I, I do take exception to that because I'd say he's more of a mass murderer. Like he he had a massive yeah, an once. <laughs> and um, did he kill anyone mm. after the plane crash? Anyway, yeah, but look, he was trying beforehand to knock off a few, but.
0: and it was mentioned in this episode that he held Ali at gunpoint mm-hmm.
2: while she so gave birth to Aster. Mm, yeah,
0: haven't we so all wanted to? He's a terrible to? person.
3: Yeah, but he's like he's Mister Really Bad. He <laughs> like, <laughs> he um didn't have any kind of. Diagnoses of being a psychopath, but he had daddy issues, just like um, Harlow herself has. You know, he hated Paul. Yeah, can we can we formally diagnose someone with daddy issues? <laughs> I mean, he just hated his dad. I don't think that gets you into the mental health unit at a you know like a secure facility or something like that. I think he's just in like a, a normal general prison.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. So I looked up the DSM five definition and I didn't find it but of I found psychopathy a quick, yes a, a little snippet so a lack of anxiety or fear and by a bold interpersonal style that may mask maladaptive behaviors so that does sound a lot like the way Harlow's yes. acting
2: because um uh, Brentonato DiCaprio broke up with her a couple of months ago and she did not bat an eyelid she's like okay bye mm. so, also Kyle's cancer like mm. it's been brought
0: up
3: to her multiple times and she's like, whatever, have you guys seen my outfit? I don't know where my hair is. Like. She had a very abnormal childhood though, didn't she? Aside from like the dad dad not being around. Her, yes, and her mum was in a cult. Yeah. Uh, Denise Van Outen was in a cult. So she basically didn't grow up with any sort of secure family relationship around her until she got to Paul and to Rage's house. And so they were like her first oh. kind of. Mum and dad. So that's why she's an adult now trying to solve their problems to keep them together. And they've broken up and that's triggered her. Yeah. And she yeah. gets on the blower to John Wong to um get on to Glenn because she's got some deep suspicions about him.
2: Yeah, Paul's PI. And he brings a manila folder over. And what's as well amazing, I love th- I love this because of course she's the daughter of a psychopathic killer. I love that there's a gene that's been unlocked or has been unleashed because of this marriage breakdown. Or she also dipped over to the UK earlier in the year for a little sojourn, and she's due back there in the new year. So I'm wondering, is did the cult get involved with her? Did something get unleashed? Did she do some kind of voodoo thing?
3: Was there a code word her that she cult? heard, like on the radio or something? And she's like, "All oh, right, yep." <laughs>
2: Um, so Roxy and Mackenzie have put this together and they take it to David and they're like, on Christmas morning when you're handing your baby girl her presents, can you take a moment to take Harlow aside and ask her if she's a psychopath?
3: <laughs> I feel like as yeah. as a parent I'd just be like, not right now, okay? Could this not be a <laughs> Boxing Day thing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or, like, maybe during Carol's by Candlelight the night before, but not day of. I'm really hoping that David takes it seriously and talks to Harlow.
1: I hate to even bring that up. Merry Christmas, Harlow. I think you might be (laughs) psycho.
2: But, Kate, what is the line you
1: loved with Roxy? Susan told us what Robert was like when he was younger. He used to be normal, and then he gradually started changing, hurting the people around him, isolating himself. We're really worried that. Harlow might be turning into a psychopath, like her dad. That delivery
2: from Roxy was A+. We just really think that Harlow's a psychopath,
3: so it's normal. Oh,
2: like her dad. Just got to back
3: it up yeah. with that. Like, oh, yeah, that got me over the tipping point. That's right, her dad's, you know, evil. Mm.
2: And meanwhile, she's been sneaking into Glenn's hotel room going through his safe, stealing the safe pin code from reception. I love that a lot of Harlow's underhanded behaviour just involves hotel admin. But this like, is Hunter, a few weeks ago, she, like, switched the rosters. She messed around with someone's Excel spreadsheet.
1: Well, look out. That'll take the minutes to fix. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, it's, like, par for the course. If you stay in Lassiter's, you know that there's going to be some admin staff um, mm. just rifling through your things. Mm. Or just random strangers, let say. Colette's gonna don't, be in yeah. there to witness you? you
2: banging your lover. She and she took the diamond necklace from that suitcase too. There's always jewelry going missing from that hotel. So the culmination of this whole thing, Tarage is stumbling around on the rooftop pool, which is I think hunter near your work. I think they use oh, is it?
3: It's, What's no, that pool, that I hotel think, called? I think it's Box Hill. It's like a not oh. the Olsen. No, no, there's like I a, thought
2: it was the Olsen. Not the Olsen. The one opposite the Olsen that's I've got a
3: pool in the roof. In the past they've used to, uh, uh, not, cap, uh,
1: not Capital Grand. Imagine if they went up to Capital Grand and ran into the girls from the Real House Housewives of Melbourne up there. <laughs> that, that's a crossover. It.
0: Well, Gina Liano plays um, Paige's mum.
1: Mm. She, she? She was, was great. Old. She did a brief. What
2: can't she, did a
0: brief what stint. Can't she do?
2: Nothing.
1: Actually, she can do it all.
2: <laughs> so, Harlow checks the security vision and finds Terage stumbling around on the pool deck, runs up to see her, and then threatens her to not believe Glenn because she waves around this manila folder of nefarious activities, and then gestures over to Tarage, and Tarage goes A over T. Over the edge of the balcony of the rooftop, it
3: looked like the pool. It was pool fencing. Just it was. It was safe. It looked like it was, not it was safety glass. It was not
1: clear what happened. It was not clear what happened. <laughs> they looked- shot it in the most perplexing way.
3: I don't think you there- can have on the rooftop of a building. I don't think you can just have safety glass. Like anyone looked- bumps it into like that, could- it's going to smash in there, like straight off the side. It looked mm. like
2: you could just hop straight out of the pool after a dip and then hop over the edge onto the footpath,
1: <laughs> splat. Like, that's how safe it looked. But, I mean, unless I missed something, they didn't even really show any impact or there was no reason, there was no altercation, was it? It was just sort of like, ah, 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 ah. I think it was drunk stumbling
2: coupled with approaching menacing threats from Harlow. Right
1: okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I think I missed that. And winds. High, subtle subtext.
2: High winds. And there's more winds coming in the new year. There's, like, gale force winds. Like, there's, like, a d- oh, natural yeah. disaster change,
3: coming. Man. It's, it's not been good for Erinsborough. We've had some extreme weather events. Uh. They're
0: directly under the hole in the ozone layer, Arinsboro. Um, So there's a witch's hat. When Therese is flailing, right. there's a witch's hat by the side. So I'm led to believe, and there's a sign.
1: that Sorry, the a traffic p- cone or an actual witch's hat? <laughs>
3: A traffic like cone,
1: menacing witch has gone past on a broomstick. <laughs> is
3: the Mrs. Punk? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that explains all the wind, doesn't it? Um, mm. So there's no a traffic cone, <laughs> um, and there's a sign saying the pool's closed. So I think one of the panes of glass is broken. And
2: uh, oh yeah,
3: because there is a line, being- a
2: throwaway line where don't go up to the pool. It's being repaired or whatever. Yeah. Oh, great. That's another last Terrible OHS
3: timing. Issue.
2: Yeah. 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 Imagine if you've booked your little staycation over Christmas and the pool's not working.
0: Yeah. Terrible timing. And I mean, other than the wind, it was a beautiful day. You'd want to be out in that rooftop pool. So I think Therese, being the GM, has just said, I don't really give a shit that there's a clothes sign and a witch's hat. Yeah. I'll go and have my drunk moment up here on the deck. Um, it's it Christmas. a little. She's, yeah. she's yeah.
3: gone back there though, because this is where her like golden child Josh died.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: but yeah. he, he died was like downstairs. He was awful. Don't don't be sad, Hunter.
1: Oh yeah yeah no. Oh, I've just remembered there was a really cinematic moment in the midst of one of the least cinematic scenes of all time. Yeah. There was a really cinematic moment where Paul was down on the ground fighting, and he turned around and saw the papers flutter. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Teresa like throwing the papers off, and then it fluttered down, and he just sort of. Looked
2: at them. Yes, do you reckon Stunning. Kate John Stunning. Wong's John Wong's a really old school PI where all his dealings are on on paper on hard copy. He doesn't have anything mm. in the
3: cloud. What do we say about John <laughs> Wong?
1: PI PIs aren't using the cloud, mate.
3: What do we say about John Wong? a hack it. John Wong never goes wrong. Exactly. That man has soft copies up the wazoo, and <laughs> there, there, there is no way that he would just print it out. I actually am really suspect about him just slapping a um. A folder on, you know, in Harlow's arms and saying, there you go. Might find something interesting on page 30 or something like that. Like, he would surely have like a bit of a debriefing where he'd go through it and he'd be like, well, Mm. this is what I've come across. You're right in your suspicions here. Well, I think what happened
2: is Paul started the ball rolling. He's like, I don't trust my brother. I'm going to get John onto him. And then Leo talked him out of it. Leo had a lovely moment this week where he's like, what are you doing? You're controlling everyone. This is what drove your wife away. Back off, call off the PI. And so he did, but Harlow picked it up and ran with it. And she's like, no, no, no. Give me the dirt, John Wong. I need it. So I I feel like they cut out a few middlemen there.
1: Just a shout out to the writer's room too, who obviously were desperate to come up with a cliffhanger for the end of the season. (laughs) And then someone would have been like cliffhanger, 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 Mm. let's hang her on a cliff. No, too obvious. (laughs) Elkney, done <laughs> actually it has been done like that's where the words that's where the saying comes from right yeah. end on a cliffhanger it's
3: yeah. like glenn it's donnelly done. like 31 years ago and julie martin <laughs>
1: oh poor old julie, poor julie. <laughs> off the medieval castle <laughs> down at ye olde, <laughs> ye olde taverna
2: um i do love finally that harlow's been acting out of whack for months and finally people are listening to Mackenzie. she everyone's like calm down, Mackenzie, Harlow's just being a bitch. And Harlow's like, this is very out of character and worrying. I really appreciate that someone took that extra level of analysis for their friend. That's nice. I would want someone to take a deeper look at me if I was off the rails.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it's been a slow burn. Mm. And she was like, she had shitbag characteristics Mm. for months now. Yeah. And even just going out
2: with that Brent guy was a <laughs> oh, terrible yeah. move, wasn't it? I just yeah. really thought she wanted to be a pencil pusher in Lasseter's admin. I thought that's yeah. what she wanted.
0: It's like Millsy, isn't it? Just trying to be like the vice principal, yeah. like her just like trying to be the HR manager of a suburban hotel.
3: I just think, you know, like I was saying before about how she was finally in like a, a relationship, in a family with a mum and dad and she was on like her very best behavior so that's why she was trying to be the perfect kid you know who was heavily into the environment and just really self righteous and also that classic acting against what you know like if you
2: if your parents are a bit wild and out of control then you tend to be more buttoned up and you play by the rules so that checks out there, but I just love—I love this. I love one day um, we're going to wait for David to um, when his evil kidney is going to kick in because he's got Rob Rob's kidney. So I love that there's a bit of evil Rob Rob in Harlow. I
3: can't wait. Harlow's like five hundred percent more interesting now than she was before. She's been
2: so much fun. I've—it's been sport hating her. It's kept me going. But let's look. We've come to the point where we must award. Citizen and Citizen. I was initially going to say we should do Citizen and Citizen of the Year, but someone in the chat mentioned we should do that as a special Christmas episode where we award our accolades for the year. So let's do it. But for this week, let's go around the horn and do Citizen and Citizen of Season Finale Week 2021.
3: Citizen to Brittany for actually schlepping her tiny baby all the way from freaking Wollongong to Melbourne just in <laughs> the faint hope of rekindling a relationship with Leo. And mm. um, on like a probably a $500, probably oh, $800 Qantas flight. Oh, Leo would have paid for that.
2: Mm.
3: So that was Citizen? Yeah.
2: The power of those dimples, Kate.
3: You would. You would, wouldn't
0: you? CJ. Um, I am going to go a Citizen <phone rings> Roxy. So I'm taking into account from the
2: ball and mm. the ball leaving us. And and at the ball is where Kyle threw up from his chemo in the middle of the ballroom. Which
3: is a classic yeah. thing to happen at a ball. Like yeah. I went to a number of uni balls <laughs> and if people were spewing left, right and centre, like, imagine one yeah. held at a winery, you would be off your nut within about half an hour. Yeah, no yeah. nuts, off your nuts.
0: That was the only thing other than the long dresses that made it a ball, mm, really. It was heavy um, But she... Yeah, she is just a roll your sleeves up. It doesn't matter about the vomit on my dress. I'm there for you, precious stand angel. Stand by your man, precious you know? angel,
2: Roxy. Hmm. And this week as well, were you taking into account looking after Arnie T, going to find her, making sure she's okay, making sure the Kennedys have her over for lunch? Like, sucks to be the Kennedys. That is poor form. You've got a guest coming for lunch and you don't even check that she's okay on Christmas oh, yeah. Day.
3: They're too focused on Billy and Anne. I I think she said no to them as well. So she's just like running interference with everyone. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she's doing the classic
0: teenager thing where she says, "I'm at Jenny's house, but I'm really at a nightclub having (laughs) you know doing a blowjob in a bathroom." Anyway, (laughs) so (laughs) um, the um, yes, I'm taking that into account. Also, Roxy, true to form, is the person that notices that Cracker Barrel receipt.
2: Roxy <laughs> is always right. Yeah, because she always. knows as well that the good wine in that house does
1: not come from the barrel.
2: Nah. Um, Hunter, do you have one?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Citizen of the Week to Therese <laughs> because, Vaya, I'm related to this podcast. As you know, I just recently found out that she's Judy Dench's cousin. And <gasps> <that laughs> I, the got,
2: I got an out of the blue text from Hunter <laughs> like a week ago going, oh my God, Vaya, like, and I... My heart started racing. I thought something terrible had happened.
1: <laughs> it always happens. You know when you send a dramatic text and then I was trying to send a screenshot of the Wikipedia entry but the the, the photo takes a bit longer, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I just leave the person panicking until like, it comes shit, through. shit, what's happening? And he goes, yeah. Re- Rebecca
3: Omologlu is related to Judy Dench. I'm like, yeah, I know.
1: Who like, do you think's mentioning that relationship in interviews more, Rebecca <laughs> or Judy?
3: I reckon. I reckon that her younger brother, who was in Home and Away as well, he'd be like, I'm related oh, Seb- to Rebecca and Judy.
1: Sebastian
3: yeah. Sebastian Maloglu.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's probably even bragging about being cousins with Finty. Um what? That's Judy's. That's Judy's daughter's name. <laughs> um, and Shittison... I'm going to go to old mate who I think is putting on a phony voice. Oh. And we moved on from it earlier, but somebody in the chat did back me up and say that he sounds significantly less awkward oh, in interviews.
3: I mind, so. Find some footage. Yeah. You can't yeah. give
1: Coil.
2: He's having a rough week, all right? But mm. okay. Um, I'm going to go shitizen and bring it home. Paul Robinson for giving yourself a gold medal just for booking in a counselling appointment. Jumping on your hot dog app and booking it in. Like, congratulations, Paul. You've done the bare minimum of being a husband and expecting accolades and then berating your partner in the session in front of beautiful Rhonda. And that that's it. Just
3: Vaya, we go are away. talking about the man who wouldn't even try and reconcile with Lynn Scully on their wedding day. No, this
2: this <laughs> is he has evolved. I still feel like I've dreamt Paul and Lynn Scully. He actually used the word evolved, which CJ likes to use. He goes, I want to show to Rage that I have evolved. Like, Mm. yeah, but you haven't. You just want her to think you have. That's all. Um,
0: I just want to give him citizen
2: for everything you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I have had a nice time. Welcome back to this. It's going to be nice, though, to have another little breather to get really back on track because we have to take um, a little break for the summer
0: hiatus. Can I make a suggestion yes. that if we're going to do a citizen and citizen little um, ep, maybe we could also talk about the, the next year on Yeah,
3: The trailer. Because uh, people have started idea.
2: screenshotting
3: it and zooming in and oh, getting been, the CSI, I've getting been, John Wong to, like, CSI analyse it. i been CSI yeah. in the prams. I'm like, well, I know which pram's in that funeral. Procession. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> Which one? I don't, you probably oh can't God, see this, that. but I've made this. It's like a, it's. I've made this. It's like a map <laughs> with it? like strings and pins and. Oh, it's the murder
0: board. Mm. So, um, um, I've posted this in the spoiler group. Mm, yeah, but yeah,
2: let's talk about it because it's not a spoiler anymore. I love it's that a you're the, I love that you're the siege Stradamus, but not because you've got the information of the spoiler group. That's really nice for you. Oh, I lo- <laughs>
0: I really enjoy it. Like it's the ultimate in, um, you know, just guiltless abandonment of reality, <laughs> being in a spoiler group of, of a subgroup
2: of a podcast <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um,
1: yeah. N- it's niche on a niche. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Hunter, how have you enjoyed your return to Aaronspera oh, yeah, this time? I
1: enjoyed it very much and um, I'm just just—I'm still at work, so before I leave, I'll, I'll head up to the peach cupboard and flick back on the Friday night episodes before I get, <laughs> up, before I get on my bicycle and ride home.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, where Are you doing some fun online things lately, what, apart from being an amazing influencer on Instagram, Mr Hunter Smith? Yeah,
1: just posting selfies, really. Um, so, yes, um, I am. Yeah,
2: Mr Hunter Smith. Twitter and Instagram. Mr. Hunter
1: Smith on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. The whole shebang guys. See you there.
2: <laughs> Hunter is Kmart Plate's author. Uh, can
0: you oh, elaborate yeah. just a touch what there? What was
1: her name? I forgot her uh, name. Nadia. It?
2: That's
1: it. Nadia Bartel. Yeah. Can
2: you great. yeah, CJ, you're gonna have to give a little
0: context. So Nadia Bartel, we've talked about this on yeah. the podcast before, but she really? had
2: she had some yeah, yeah, issues actually one of our um, one of our outtakes for Patreon, I think. But anyway. People oh, just okay. Google Nadia Bartel
1: issue K-Mart Plate. incident. <laughs>
2: Yeah, she had some nose candy
0: from a plate yeah. to celebrate her divorce from a famous footballer. And Hunter made an iconic Instagram story. Oh right? yeah. Put your, it was put your Kmart plates out for Nadia.
1: Oh yeah, because not to brag, but I had the same Kmart plates. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. What a moment. Um, like t- t- yeah. tell me what that moment was like when you like, I have that plate. And you were working from home, I guess. What a what a treat.
1: Oh no, I wasn't even working from home. I went home. Oh. I went <laughs> home <to do> it. <laughs> No, it actually was very, it was a savage moment for me, CJ, because, you know, I'm not across football and I'm not across wag. So I wouldn't even know who Nadia Bartel is, except by a weird coincidence, a friend of mine has been previously involved in a Nadia Bartel. Sex scandal like <gasps> with her, with her and the footballer husband. So oh. even though I didn't know who she is, I already had sort of vague negative feelings towards her. Oh. So when I managed to land this viral tweet about her, I was like, it was double joy. It was double joy.
2: And hunters, <laughs> hunters
1: already in the Hang annals on. of so history. You, you, did
3: you yeah. know that Lauren is is Lauren your friend? Is it?
1: No, oh. no, is that the one he had the affair with? God, we've gone well off track. Now the same affair. <laughs> yeah, the same. Sorry, <sighs> the same. The same social trauma. circle.
2: Yeah. Mm. But Hunter has also been in the annals of history because he made the meme, the hand-washing meme, in early 2020 when people were posting Mm. their hand-washing instructions with the tune of Happy Birthday and Hunter used that template and put in the words of Julia Gillard's misogyny speech. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) I will
2: not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man
1: to to wash your
2: hands for 30 seconds. And now it's in like, isn't it in the National Film and Sound Archive or something?
1: They put it in two museums, which has been great for lauding l- it over my partner because we really had a fight about who owned it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Intellectual I made property. him do the
1: graphics. I'm not good at the Photoshop, you know.
2: <laughs> so anyway, Influencer Hunter-Smith. Kate, where do you hang out?
3: I'm remude on Twitter.
2: And CJ in recovery, COVID-free, living her best life eventually after a few speed bumps uh, online. CJ the hot mess mom on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm Vase on Insta. We are Neighbours Pod on Twitter. I'm a bit quiet on the socials. Whatever. It's, it's tough, tough few months. But summer. It's the summer of it's hot. Vax summer. Yeah, I was
3: going to say now boosters. If, if you're Australian, if it's been five months since your last vax, go get your booster. And I saw in yeah. the chat before that if you're over eighteen in the UK, go and book in your booster now. Lovely.
2: And we are Neighbours Council on Facebook. Join. Read the group rules. And patreon.com/slash neighbors pod, but we're on a pause. But just go and have a look. I'll put something there for fun. And thank you to our chat friends that watched this stream. And thank you to the people that joined us in guest mode because I put the wrong link out because I'm a banana. Um, missed you. Good to see you back. Hope you're all keeping well. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. The problem is
1: way out of hand. It's the opinion of the entire staff that- Harlow might be turning into a psychopath. <laughs>
2: That boy needs therapy. Psychosomatic. That boy needs therapy. psychosomatic. That boy needs therapy. Lie down on the couch. What does that mean? You're a nut. You're crazy in the coconut. What does that mean? That boy needs therapy. I'm gonna kill you. That boy needs therapy.
1: Merry Christmas, Hull. I think you might be (laughs) psycho.